going beyond the headlines, getting to the heart of the story. Calgary Today with Joe McFarland on 770 CHQR. Well, greetings and salutations, my friends. A happy Wednesday, one and all. And for a lot of you, you know by now that I'm a big believer in history. I'm a big believer in the history. You don't know where you're going unless you understand where you've come from. And history doesn't necessarily define you, but it should help shape who you become. And Southern Alberta is rich in history. And one of those towns at the forefront of that in my humble estimation, would be Nanton. Uh, and just a little bit of a background here for you. Pioneers first settled in the Mosquito Creek community in the late 1800s and early 1900s. On June 22, 1903, a village was formed and named Nanton after the late Sir Augustus Naunton. Sir Augustus Naunton was a partner in the financial t- uh, firm Osler, Hammond, and Nanton of Ontario. He was sent by the firm to the West to investigate investment in farm mortgages. Renowned for his sound judgment, he became the director for many companies, including the Canadian Pacific Railway, Hudson's Bay Company, Great West Life, and Dominion Bank. He arranged financing of the Calgary and Edmonton Railway, sold subsequently to the Canadian Pacific Railway. It was his close association with these two companies that led the community uh, community to name the village Nanton and in the summer of 1907 the town was incorporated now home to over 2,000 people over 2,200 as the mayor will probably tell me in just a few minutes the community is top of mind for many who stop between Calgary and Lethbridge whether it's for a quick bite to eat or a little treat at the candy store it's also home to a classic downtown feel and the Canadian Grain Elevator Discovery Center featuring two of the finest prairie sentinels across our province and here where we broadcast today at the Bomber Museum, uh, Bomber Command Museum of Canada. Our goal over the next three Wednesdays is to bring you some of the insights, some of the stories from just a few of the communities around Calgary from not only an election perspective, but also to highlight the communities and share their stories. One of the things, again, this is the small town kid in me that's going to say this, is every time I hear of a small town, it's always something to do with a crime. It's always something negative. And I think it's really important for you as our listeners to understand some of the background to some of these communities that you only hear when it's something bad. There are a lot of great positive stories to be told in these communities. There are some bad things for sure, but there are also some great stories. And we're hoping to highlight some of those here in Nanton today. One, of course, being right here at the Bomber Museum. We're going to be chatting uh, with one of the uh, the prime organizers, one of the prime people behind the scenes here at the Bomber Museum about that. We're also uh, aiming to chat with the person, one of the people who might be familiar to our listeners, especially if you've been around for a, a while. Her name back in the day was Pauline Reese. She used to do traffic in the, on the morning show. She and her family have been behind the world-renowned, at least in my world, the candy store here in Nanton. So we're looking forward to reconnecting with Pauline. Great story to tell about uh, family as well that I always love to share. And we're also going to get a little bit of background into the Grain Elevator Discovery Center here in Nanton as well. Uh, as you all know, I might be a little bit of uh, a fan of going out and doing the tours and, and seeing some of what is left. It's amazing to think back not that long ago, 30 years or so, every community had five or six or eight or ten of these things standing. I mean, a lot of towns became known for their uh, picturesque uh, landscapes, and they've slowly but surely disappeared from our communities. Well, Nanton has two of them, 
And so we're going to get a little bit of background on that front. Now, again, one of the things that we do want to do with these programs is also bring a little bit of a political uh, edge to them as well and talk a little bit about some of the issues that are permeating within these communities outside of city limits going into the provincial election campaign. And I thought we'd start from ground zero with each of the mayors. And so we're going to start start off each of the shows, including today's talking about some of the issues that they see and that they're hearing about as we go into April 16th. And so Mayor Jennifer Hanley is going to be joining us in just a couple of minutes here to get a sense of what the people of Nanton are talking about. Again, 2,200 people plus. They've got a lot to say. They've got a lot to, to think about. And again, uh, back in January, I did a little bit of a road trip. And uh, it's real clear that every community has its own specific issues, but they're uh, they all boil down to a couple of really key themes. And so we'll get, boil, get that boiled down for you in just a couple minutes. Ma- uh, Mayor Jennifer Hanley joining us next here on Calgary Today. All right, let's get into this. I really find these these conversations fascinating because this is how prepared she was. She comes up to me with a little bag in hand, and it's like, here you go. And, of course, it's going to have goodies, and I'm sure there's, like, candy in there and everything. Uh, Mayor Jennifer Hanley joining us now on the program. Mayor, thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you so much for choosing that and on your tour. I'm looking forward to this because, again, what I love is, is each of these communities has its own set of challenges that it's faced over not just the last four years, but uh, going ahead. And, and not only that, but also a lot of successes as well. And so let's start off with what do you think is issue number one on everybody's mind in your community heading into April 16th? Well, as far as Nanton's perspective, of course, every time I talk to our rate pairs, I hear about property taxes. And I don't just hear that from our small towns, but I hear it from many small towns. Typically, you will find that property taxes are about one third higher than what you'll find in the city. Mm-hmm. And it hurts. It hurts a lot. There's just less people contributing to major infrastructure needs. And that's one of the things that I think you don't take into consideration is, yeah, you're paying more, but you also get the the lifestyle. And so there, there's different things that play there. But mm-hmm. the one challenge that, uh, as you and I were talking about back in January, is uh, it's it's about things such as, you know, resources. It's about things like revenues that big cities that gets talked about a lot. You talk about the big city charters and that that's not something that you guys can have a lot of bargaining chips with. No, absolutely not. We pretty much have to do it all on our own. Um, You know, when it comes to infrastructure, of course, we have to fight tooth and nail. Our funding is not guaranteed. And that is definitely one thing that we are seeking from our candidates in this election is sustainable infrastructure funding. Predictable. When you talk about infrastructure, what issues or what buildings (laughs) or what things need to be addressed sooner rather than later. Yeah, so that list is actually in that swag bag that I I give it to everyone (laughs) as far as our list, but um, key issues, of course, are high school, J.T. Mm. Foster grade 7 to 12 is in desperate needs of funding for modernization. Our senior citizens' home, the Silver Willow Lodge, equally the last time it was renovated was back in the 70s. It is well overdue, and we only know that our population is getting older, and we need somewhere to house our residents so they don't have to relocate. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things, too, that, and we're going to dive into that topic, I think, a a little bit later on in the next, probably next week, is the seniors' homes issues, because I know this isn't just 
something that's unique to Nanton uh, in talking with Strathmore and talking with, uh, I know Carmen Gaves was a big one back, uh, back a few years ago with uh, Health Minister Fred Horn at the time mm-hmm. uh, when they shut that down. But one of the things that I think a lot of uh, people in, the, in especially in, in the urban centers, don't realize is, hey, if these things don't get kept up, then all of a sudden those people who are going to need them are going to be shipped up to Edmonton or Calgary or the bigger centers and they're filling up those facilities. And so to be able to have them you know, close to home is just one part of the equation. Oh, absolutely. We want them to be able to age in place. We want them close to their friends, their family. And and what is their quality of life? Relocating should not be an option. Mm-hmm. And, and it's one thing to relocate 20 minutes it's another to do it an hour or more and mm-hmm. that seems to be a challenge especially for those who are you know Nanton's one of those examples it's a little closer to Calgary but you know you go Nanton Claire's home Stavely those are three communities that are basically right in the middle of two major centers and it's it's a fair jaunt especially if you're having to go up to you know north side of Calgary yeah absolutely talk a little bit about the the high school aspect and you mentioned how much is needed there what kinds of things uh, are being left to decay so to speak yeah so everything from our shops to the roof to the flooring um the size of the classrooms the technology that's that's available to our teachers it's just not there every other school within our region has been updated or rebuilt um we are long overdue our basement floods annually it obviously hmm. needs to be addressed. Clearly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things that this riding in particular has really struggled with is it's not just a unique thing to the NDP either because you we had a, a government in place before that, the uh, Progressive Conservatives. This was a wild rose riding for a while. And so is there a feeling amongst the mayors within the MD here that this riding is continually getting pushed to the side because it is part of the quote-unquote opposition? No, I wouldn't say that. Okay. I, I'd say, you know, we've lobbied and worked with both the PC government and the NDP government, and both heard our needs. They understood our needs. Um, we're just smaller. Mm-hmm. We don't have that loud of a voice, so we need to be collective in our voices. If it's just Nanton coming to the table, it's not as effective as if it's all of Willow Creek mm-hmm. or all of towns that are similar to our size. Is that something that you're noticing more and more as you're starting to see, at least in the past, what it was was everybody's working in their own silos. Mm-hmm. And now you're starting, especially nowadays with the communications and, and that being that much easier to do, are you starting to see a little bit more of a movement towards getting the different communities of the same size together in a united front to, to address issues, whether it's water infrastructure or education or healthcare, that kind of thing? Absolutely. Everything that we're doing in this this started with the PC government and the NDP government expanded on collaboration. So collaboration within our MD, collaboration with municipalities of similar sizes. So we've actively been working within the MD. You know, even with purchasing, we should be able to bulk purchase. We should be able to um, collectively, if we've got roads that we're doing, we only have to mobilize once mm-hmm. throughout the region rather than us each doing it individually. There are cost savings to that for sure. I'm curious, and this is something that goes back to when I was a kid and I remember here hearing stories about uh, A, building a ring road around Claris home. But I know that there were some rumblings about building a, a ring road around Nanton as well because uh, no, nobody likes to stop through Nanton. Have those talks 
died off completely. I just, I, it's a matter of curiosity for me. Shh, we're not supposed to talk oh. about the bypass oh. through Nanjing. <laughs> um, definitely, every time we meet with a transportation minister and have that opportunity, we ask them, what is the status on this? So it is drawn out. And their intention, I, I think, was about 30 years ago. They wanted to bypass all small towns so that it was the straight route all the way down to the border. Yeah. It's not even in their books. It's not in their forefront, but it's there somewhere. So Let's just keep it back exactly. there and hope for the best. We, right? we think stopping in Nanton <laughs> is an important part of your trip down to the border. So well, and especially when you've got such great shops, whether it's the coffee shops in town or the restaurants or you name it, right? Yeah, and then candy it, store. I wasn't going to go that yeah, far. I don't want to keep there. giving shameless <laughs> plugs to uh, to our friends over there. Not that I didn't stop there earlier. Hint, hint. Uh, but how important when talking to the business community and we're hoping to, to chat with the, the chamber a little bit later on is what's been especially over the last four years what has been the atmosphere around small town business here in Nanton? Um, so the atmosphere it's it's been fairly steady and I think we still get quite a few people coming down for day trips from Calgary um, but I think you know like anything there's they come and go they test the waters it's cheaper to start a business and build your business here in Nanton so I, I do find we get some people from the city that want to start up maybe they grow larger and can expand from there mm -hmm. one of the other issues that I remember talking to you about back in January was carbon tax mm -hmm. and that is one that uh, is is definitely a, a burr and a few saddles, but talk about it from from Nanton's standpoint and and how that has affected your guys' day to day operations. Yeah, so absolutely, we have asked our administration to give us an exact picture of what what exactly has the carbon tax. Um, impact been on our town in, in all of our facilities from our recreation centers to our wastewater center and you know what is that cost to our property taxes mm -hmm. and to our utility bills every month. Yeah because I, I know that's another key piece of the property tax aspect mm -hmm. is you can't keep piling things on the taxpayer before they say you know what it's not that cheap to live here anymore and then all of a sudden you see that infl or outflux I guess of, of people wanting to get out of town and go somewhere different. I wanted to get in your personal story a little bit because one of the things that I, I love is being able to share uh, some of the backgrounds and give you a little bit of context behind how people came to be in the positions that they are and for you you're a Calgary gal. I am. I'm Calgary, born and raised. Foothills Hospital was where I was born, grew up in Bowness, and I uh, lived in Mackenzie Town for five years as well. So, right. mm -hmm. so what drew you to Nanton of all places? Uh, well, I'm a real estate agent. That's my real full-time paying job okay. is a real estate agent. So I was showing homes in Nanton and came across a property and put an offer on it. Certainly never thought it would be accepted, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden, we were moving to Nanton. It was very impulsive, and that was 13 years ago now. <laughs> Gotta love how impulse kind of drives how you end up doing, going about your life. Yeah. But then at the same time, what ends up happening is you end up into politics. And how, does, mm -hmm. how do you go from, well, I guess it's not from real estate to politics, but mm -hmm. how did you make that jump? Yeah, I've always been interested in politics. I never, ever thought I would be in politics. So um, I've always been involved in the community, volunteered, especially moving to a small town. You really want to get to know the people in small town, and you can only do that through volunteer work. Mm -hmm. And I just saw the results through volunteering. And um, 
it, it kind of stuck with me. Right. Um, I present, I did a presentation to council, had never met a counselor or mayor, and felt that my demographic, a young mom at the time, just wasn't represented at the council table at that time, and that I had something of value to offer the table. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, thankfully, they, the residents thought the same thing, and that was six years ago when I was on council. I was going to say, so you've been councillor for, you went councillor for one term, was yeah. it one term? Yeah, and then one mayor term. for one term as well. This is your first term at, uh, at yeah. mayor as well. How exactly. are you finding the transition? It's been great. It's been very natural. I, I really loved being a councillor, but I find I can be even more effective as, um, as a mayor. Mm-hmm. I always said I thought the mayor should be retired or semi-retired, not someone who's running a business. Um, however, my business is flexible enough that I can, I can balance both, and it's been a great experience. That's awesome. Did mm-hmm. you ever, when you entered into the councillor realm, did you think at some point you would make that mayoral run? No, no, I never did think that. I hate public speaking. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it it, truly, it just felt like the next step for me. My daughter's young. My son is young. Um, I wanted them to see how to be effective in their community. And it just seemed right. Are there, have there been any challenges along the way that you went? I can't believe that we were able to tackle that or beyond that is... I hope we can get over a certain hump to be able to tackle that down the road. Mm, great question. So when I was on council, we had a very old wastewater treatment plant, and the council and the mayor and I worked very hard at lobbying the government, and we were successful in getting it fully funded through grants, both provincially and federally. So that was a massive hurdle for an $11 million infrastructure of that size. It's pretty much unheard of for us to take on. From a personal standpoint, uh, being you, you said you, you didn't feel like your voice was being represented at the council table, and now you've become that voice. Mm-hmm. Do you hope that other town? Do you hope to have people learn from your experience? Do you hope that uh, you can maybe set an example for anybody, or is, is that sort of not even in your purview? No, you know what? Honestly, and I, I saw this through our election. I think the best representatives at the table are a wide variety of perspectives, not just the same thing. And that's what I feel that our council has is it's it is that farm boy who's lived here for years and years. But we also have lots of people that are have come from the city. So have new perspectives. It's a wide range of ages on the council from retirees um, to younger people as well. So I feel that every demographic in our town is represented. That is fantastic. Mayor, I do appreciate the time this afternoon. Oh, Thank you pleasure. so much for uh, introducing us and welcoming us so well to uh, yeah. to your community. It's Thank a you. fantastic start to the show for sure. <laughs> this is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR in Nanton. All right, we are at the Bomber Command Museum of Canada here in Nanton, Alberta, as part of our uh, very first of three uh, rural road trips going into the election campaign and giving getting a sense of what's going on, but also a chance to highlight some of the great things happening in these communities. Joining us now, Carl Karsgaard, uh, there we go, from a director and curator here at the museum. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Well, thanks uh, for, for 770 uh, taking an interest, and we appreciate being uh, having you here with us. And, um, you know, our town's fathers bought a Lancaster bomber in 1961 for $513. They put it by the road in 1961. And since then, it's blossomed into a nationally, internationally ranked veterans memorial to our RCAF bomber command guys. 
That is fantastic. Uh, give us. You were we were talking about this a little bit earlier, but uh, there's some growth plans here. Like this thing isn't slowing down. You guys are renowned for a reason, and you guys are going uh, above and beyond now. Yes, uh, uh, thanks to uh, Mayor Jennifer Handley and all the town here, we have been given five acres directly on the north side of the Bomber Command Museum, which is has about uh, forty thousand square feet now, mm-hmm. and we're doubling up in size within the next two years based on our our projected plans. So we're going to uh, build up our aircraft collection. We've got a national memorial here with the names of the 10,000 Canadian lads killed in bombers in World War II. So it's uh, we're cooking and moving and shaking. That's fantastic. Talk a little bit about the crown jewel that you have right now, and what would you like to see here down the road? Uh, yes, thanks for putting that in there. <laughs> so we've got the beautiful Lancaster all restored. Uh, we took each ro- um, sorry Packard Merlin engine down and rebuilt it over eight years. And so we take our Lancaster out one Saturday every month in the summer season, and we run it for the crowds out on the parking lot. So we invite everybody to come, uh, go to our website, and you can see the days that we're running the Lancaster. Plus, we've got the other trainers that we're running. And then, of course, me with my tunnel vision. uh, (laughs) The Halifax bomber was used by the Canadian squadrons three times as much as the Lancaster. But we don't have a a Halifax to put beside a Lancaster, but we found one underwater off the coast of Sweden. So we're going to lift it up this summer and bring what's left of the Halifax here and restore it here to sit beside the Lancaster so that we can give suitable tribute to the sacrifice of our bomber boys. What does it mean to you to be a part of this growth and be a part of uh, preserving a lot of our history, uh, such as the bombers that we have here? Well, uh, It's great that the Canadians contributed to Bomber Command, but at the end of the war, when they tabulated which squadrons were the most efficient, had the lowest loss rate, and the highest serviceability rate in all of World War II, the Royal Canadian Air Force squadrons were at the top of all of England's Bomber Command. So there's not only excellence, uh, excellence, there is honor and sacrifice. So we're just here to uphold that and uh, we just want to keep rolling and making suitable tributes. You got a little bit of an honor as well and you're kind of, you're, you almost downplayed it to a certain extent because you believe that it, it's everybody involved. But give, talk some, uh, through this honor that you've been uh, bestowed upon you, but talk about the, the greater team as well. Well, yes, the Governor General's office contacted us two weeks ago and said, I've been awarded the uh, Sovereign's Medal for Volunteers, thanks to the uh, Legion branch here in Nanton. And uh, so I I was very pleased to receive that honor. But you know what? We're such a tight-knit team here at the Bomber Command Museum. Uh, We didn't get noticed. And... We didn't get uh, spotlighted because of just one person. Mm-hmm. It's everybody here. So I accepted it on behalf of all of the team here. It's one of the things that I love about a small town such as this is that everybody bands together and does what they can to uh, make their community a better place. And you're certainly uh, at the forefront of that. So, A, congratulations. But, B, thank you so much for all that you've done in helping preserve some of our history here, Carl. Uh, That is Carl Karsgaard from uh, here at the Bomber Museum. Thanks so much again for the time today. Well, thanks for being here.
One of the gentlemen who's been sitting around kind of watching and seeing what's going on with the magic of radio is our next guest. And just for a short amount of time here, I wanted to chat with Alex. Alex, welcome to the program, first off. Thank you. Uh, Give us a little bit of your background, because you're relatively new to Canada, aren't you? Yes, I'm an election virgin. That will be my my first uh, election in, in, in Alberta. Um, I arrived in Canada six years ago and I arrived directly in Nanton through one of the quirks of life. Um, my partner had family here and when we decided to move to Canada, our other plan did not work out and we were visiting his sister, we were sitting on Main Street in front of a building and the building was for sale and we say, hey, why not? And we bought a massive commercial building on Main Street in Nanton. And how have things been since that point? Challenging very challenging. It's a huge adjustment to move from Europe to um, uh, small (laughs) town Alberta. Small small town Alberta, yeah. Uh, It it has been very interesting on the community aspect because that's something we we did not have in Europe because we were living in bigger cities Mm -hmm. and that is uh, amazing uh, aspect of Nanton. It's a, it's a small community. You will know everybody quite fast. You will be known by everybody quite fast, especially if you are a gay couple and you are refurbishing a building on Main Street. You are very, very <laughs> visible and people get to know you very fast. And uh, we, we were very welcomed and it, it, it was a, a very easy uh, socially to to make friends and, and, and to get involved in the community. That is great to hear. I did want to ask, you did mention this, you're an election virgin here. <laughs> and so I, I'm curious, uh, just that, I, I don't want you to, I don't want to paint you into which corner you want to be voting for in the next election or anything like that. But I am curious as to how have you felt about the tone? How have you, how have you, uh, how, what have you thought, I guess, of this election so campaign? When I arrived six years ago, um, I, I had no opinion whatsoever. The only thing I, I, I thought a bit was uh, having the same party in government for 44 years did not sound very good for democracy or government being um, kept in check. Right. But beyond that, I didn't have really an opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I had the opportunity to get to know Danielle Smith and uh, I really liked her, but I thought she made a huge mistake when she she joined government mm-hmm. uh, um, basically because her role was to be the official opposition and right. she re- re- renegade on that role so the electorate decided I think that if you can't have check and balance you have to force it and then they elected the NDP things when, have changed yes <laughs> she, she, you need to check and balance. You can't have the same party in government too long. Mm-hmm. Um, locally, people are very conservative and they were telling me that uh, the communists were coming to power and I was a bit amused because that's not my perspective. And I said, no, nothing will change in your life. Don't worry. And I would say that will be the same now with uh, uh, get into government there is definitely different uh, social values and a bit of difference in um, economic outlook but actually uh, they are very very close in the grand spectrum of politics the 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 difference is not that big interesting uh, insight there from someone who's relatively new to our country alex thanks for coming on the program today thank you very much (laughs) 
We continue our rural road show. We are in Nanton at the Bonner Museum. Uh, it looks like clouds are rolling in down here, and uh, maybe we'll get a little bit of rain. I know the farmers will love it a lot down here. I uh, love being able to highlight some of the community uh, organizations, also some of the businesses here in town. One of them is a staple of the community for oh, the last 40 years, apparently, according to the nice little logo on the water here from Nanton Water and Soda. President and owner Brad Wallace joining us now. Brad, thanks so much for the time today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Give us a little bit of a history lesson for those who don't know, because this is a, a company that I think a lot of people would be not necessarily shocked, but they'll go, I can't believe that they've been around because they were, you guys were one of the main businesses in this town for quite a while. Yeah, that's correct. It started in 1980 by a gentleman named Paul Applegard, and uh, he was driving by and saw that the uh, tap was free, the water was free. He says, well, I've got to share this wonderful water to the rest of the world. And at the time, the water was coming directly from a spring before the municipalities put in the chlorine in 83. So they literally were bottling right out of the tap of the spring water that was about nine miles southwest of here. Mm -hmm. And Paul started bottling the water and, and sending it all over all over the world. It's an incredible story. And, and how did you personally get involved becomes the question. Well, I kind of fell in love with the boss's daughter oh. back in, <laughs> out in high school. And uh, I kind of hung around and worked after school and uh, was just got kind of involved in the business. And uh, in, in 1990, uh, the company got into financial trouble. And at that time, it was purchased by Jim Coots, who was right. personal, personal secretary to Pierre Trudeau. Mm -hmm. So I worked for Jim Coots for a while, and uh, obviously we have a liberal in Nanton, which is a little blue, but it was quite entertaining. But Jim was fantastic to work for. Uh, he, he passed away uh, four or five years ago, but right. he was great to work for. And uh, in 1996 or so, he said, you know, Brad, I'm out. He says, I want to get out of the water business. I said, well, all I know is, because I'm a rancher and farmer also, I said, well, I know cows and water. I said, I'll, I'll buy, uh, buy Nat and Water. So from there, it was history. So I've been involved since then. Did you ever think that that would be the way things would turn in your life? I had no idea. You know, the interesting thing is when I came home and I told my wife, Charlotte, I said, Charlotte, I just bought Nat and Water back. She goes, are you crazy? You know, <laughs> so uh, it's, it's provided me an opportunity to travel all over the world. Um, I ship water into the United States, into China and, and years into Japan and, uh, and across Canada. So really it, it, it wasn't what I chose, but uh, ultimately I was able to see the world because of it, and it changed my perspective on things also. And give us a little bit of an idea as to that perspective. How did it change for you? Well, I think, I think at the end of it, you're very humble because the, the world, how small we are in a little community of Nanton, and we think we're really something. And once you get out and see, see how people are treated, um, you see how you know just how people live their lives differently especially in an asian countries or uh, wherever how lucky we are and uh, regardless if it's the united states or wherever we're living a pretty good part of the world and i've been to dubai where we exported some water in there and also in and across europe and we really at the end repeating myself but we've really got a great place where we live in that mm -hmm. absolutely when you look at the last and not to get super political on you but at the same time there's been a lot of talk about business there's been a lot of talk about how it's affected how government in the last 40 years for you guys uh, how does how is, has it affected you has it affected Affected you, and how do you how have you navigated the waters over the last forty years to continue to be as, as successful as you guys have been? Yeah, I think the politics. I've you know I've really 
I really avoided it on a whole. I mean, I mean, I have obviously I'm a, uh, I work hard. I run my own business. I, I work as hard as I can to make sure I have the people that work for me have a paycheck the next mm. day. And really it is paycheck to paycheck in some regards to a lot of people. So I've avoided it. And I know there's been higher, uh, more stress, more focus on audits, et cetera, et cetera, depending on which uh, government was in power. And, uh, you know, one year we were audited three years in a row. And, and, and I don't know why we were picked on, but I know it was, had something to do with the, the, the government that was in power at the time. Right. So we've navigated that quite easily, actually. And I think... At the end, I see a current situation in Alberta and locally, and I know the town, uh, the appraisals of the houses have dropped, or the value of the houses have dropped 14%. We, we're starting to feel that engine really slow down. It actually took longer than I thought, but it's really coming to roost now. And just a little bit of insight, I think, because from a local business perspective, you've been, you've been through the ups and downs, and so it's it's fascinating to see that side of that. Uh, Brad, again, thank you so much for joining us here on the show, and uh, continued success with Net and Water and Soda. Thank you for having me. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. Again, we are here in Nanton as we continue our rural road show. When we come back, we're going to highlight another local business here in town. And it is a favorite, especially if you're driving through town. But not only that, you might be able to recognize the voice that is going to be on the radio next. I'll, I'm not going to even... I'm not even going to give you a little bit of a primer on that. You're just going to have to stay tuned to find out on that front. The laughs are going to go a mile a minute for a second here because this is a voice that takes you back to yesteryear, maybe. But it's hard. It's funny the connections. First <laughs> yeah. off, first uh, you'll recognize this voice. Back in the day, it was Pauline Reese. It was, yeah. It is now Pauline Higgins. Mm-hmm. How does it feel to be back on the radio first? <laughs> um, good, scary, a little, <laughs> a little scary, nervous all of a sudden. Joe, you make everything oh, easy, boy. easy, yeah, and yeah. calm. <laughs> Come on now. Uh, traffic with Sterling Fox in the morning show way back when. Five years you said you were on the radio? Uh, yeah, yeah, for a while. Well, maybe more than that. I think we're going on 10 if you include my time in High River. Oh, uh, that's fair. Life's changed for you, hasn't it? I yes. see that there's a couple of little ones that have been following you around. Yeah, we're a package deal. So <laughs> if you invite me somewhere, my kids come. I have a two and a half year old and a seven month old. Wonderful. Yeah, how's, the, awesome. how's the mommy brain going? Um, don't ask me any hard questions. Oh, okay. So don't ask you about <laughs> politics or get you right, no. right off the rails. Okay, no. gotcha. Diapers, you know, things like that. I'm curious. Give us a little bit. So, for those who don't know, you got you're in charge of the world famous Nanton Candy Store. Uh, I have a team that helps me. Okay, it's quite the all right. Job. This, this is part. <laughs> this is one of the themes that I'm hearing loud and clear through every interview so far has been the idea that it is the team behind it, whether it's here at the Bomber Museum or whether it's you know dealing with the, everything here in town. It's it's a community oriented idea. Totally, and bigger than just like the Candy Store family or the Bomber family, it is the whole town of Nanton. We are a really tight knit community and. I've had the pleasure of watching this community support so many young people and older people on all sorts of journeys. And it's uh, it's something you don't get everywhere, which is really cool. For sure. How did you get involved with the candy store? Like, Walk us through that whole history, <laughs> because I don't know if a lot of people know it. Okay, so I, I was about 11 or 12, and my parents came to me with a bag full of candy and uh, said that we were going to open a candy store here in Nanton. Uh, we started pretty small uh, and just continued to build. We grew both the candy side of it, the antique side. We opened an ice cream store years later, uh, and that allowed it to expand to the family. So um, my brother's involved, my husband's involved, my two-year-old can scoop a pretty mean (laughs) cone, and my parents are actually the ones that opened it, so they are still involved. And we've had uh, about 30 or 35 
young people work for us over the last 15 years. So 12 to 18, give or take, uh, with a couple older ones thrown in. So yeah, it's it's been a really cool thing. That's, a, that's the fun part about it. And I being the small town kid again, like I remember mm. in Claire's home was the same thing, was Old Fox or the subway. It was always <laughs> the place where they had continual turnover because it was always the kids out of the high school. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's the whole thank you economy aspect of it is, hey, we can hire some of our young up and coming, whether they want to be entrepreneurs down the road or they just want need that next step in life. Totally. You're providing that opportunity. Oh, it's amazing the things you can learn from working in, say, a retail business or, or really in any community. You get to know your community so much better and the kids become really proud of the place that they're from, especially for us. We are a tourist destination, so people pass through and say, where should we have lunch? What should we go do today? Uh, and so you get to know your community better so that you can sell it to the world. Um, and yeah, Nanton is just a really cool place and only 45 minutes south of Calgary. <laughs> So, you know, easy day trip. I have a feeling that you're a part of a few different organizations, like maybe the Chamber of Commerce. and, and like Yeah, that. I, I, you, you know the lines real well. What have you learned most through this adventure that has taken you from, you know, the, te- the small town growing up to being in the big city, working mm-hmm. in radio, and then coming all the way back and doing that whole full circle idea? Um, that is a tough question. I said no tough questions. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, uh, you know, it's, I think it depends on the stage of life that you're in. When I was fresh out of high school, going to SAIT for broadcasting, mm. getting to work uh, at QR and with Chorus and with Global and CTN, and it was an incredible experience, and I fell in love with Calgary. Uh, now that I have two little kids, though, as you know, being a farm kid mm-hmm. and from a small town, uh, there's something to be said for everybody knowing your name and just looking out for your kids. Like, I, I take such comfort... Um, really going anywhere with them because I know that my community has my back. Yeah, and that that's the cool part about it too is that you really get to, it's all about that lifestyle at yes. the end of the day, right? And, and mm. even if you don't have the tourist dollars coming in, you certainly have the community going, hey, I, you know, I need that soda pop or I need that bag of M&Ms to get me through the day and they are there for you. And bigger than that, you know, Nanton is a very volunteer-based community. I have been mm-hmm. blown away by the man hours that the community puts back into itself. Um, the president of our chamber, Pam Waddell, she's an incredible example of that. She volunteers for everything and really just uh, makes Nanton a happening place for the locals and for tourists. Uh, and she is just one of many volunteers that uh, are part of the programs in town that just put money and, and good vibes back into the community. Mm-hmm. So many miles around here. I don't know if I can take it anymore. Uh, fantastic to catch back up with you. Pauline, thanks so much for joining us this Good afternoon. Good to see you, Joe. Thanks for having me. You betcha. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. Another interesting little tidbit as we go in. Uh, our winner of the Super Train tickets being Chad, and he texted in earlier on in the afternoon and said, oh, candy store, love their chocolate-covered gummy bears. Yeah, I got to agree. I'm a chocolate-covered jube-jube guy myself, but uh, fat kid problems. All right, (laughs) we are approaching 542. Now, this is where I nerd out completely. Uh, Diane Wilson is the chair of volunteers at the Nanton Grain Elevator Discovery Center. Diane, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you for having us. Give us a little bit of an idea here as to the history of your organization, especially when it comes to making sure that those two beautiful buildings stay up. There's three buildings. Three buildings. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Seaplane plants at the end. No, Isn't there's, a, there's a twin. Oh, okay. And, I see what you're single, saying. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, I'm sorry. I, I really don't know how <laughs> long our board has been in, in service. I think more than 10 years, but mm, pretty close to 15. Mm-hmm. Um, 
going back on that story, um, the general population didn't know that the row of seven elevators were under um, destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the mercy and good thoughts of a couple <coughs> of our volunteers, they approached to buy and they rounded up enough money to buy those three towers, those right. three houses, and s- then served and got a society status. And then from then on, it became volunteers and fundraising and new roofs and uh, opening up for tours. So our tour um, is um, can be an hour long. Our mandate is to preserve the historical value of the elevators and to also um, recognize the contribution of the pioneer family farm, mm-hmm. yeah. farmer, yeah. including his dog and his horses and his pigs and chickens. So, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. It's one of those things that I've taken a personal interest over the years is I, growing up in Carmen Gay, everybody knows that uh, great uh, River Valley view overlooking with the elevators on top. And when those things went down, I didn't really appreciate what those brought to a community and the identity of a community. And so being able to preserve that here is a major focal point for what you guys are trying to do is is maintain that idea of an identity of sorts here. It was probably the launch of most communities was mm-hmm. um, the railroad, of course. And then after that, the first thing that went up was a coal shed. The coal shed was sort of your department of things being delivered and you would order it. And, and then the elevators, the farmers wanted the elevators. So the elevators were part of the launch of most communities. If there was water, that's what we got. Um, the elevator could serve as your gossip station. Your That's where you went for the coffee and uh, the news and the gossip and uh, traded and told, told everybody what you were doing. You are going to go over there and get groceries. You are going to go over there and get lumber. So it was really the, the center of a community. And um, the agent had to be a busy person to, oh, yeah. to tend with all of this. Yeah, Absolutely. When it comes to uh, making sure that you're able to uh, actually keep it up and standing, what kinds of challenges have you faced over the years or what kinds, what kinds of successes even that you've had in being able to keep this up? Because not a lot of communities have been able to keep up one, let alone a couple. Uh, well, that's a debate. Yeah, that, that's an ongoing debate. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, it's always financial. Uh, we have the great... Um, I'm trying to think of the movie that, you know, you just throw money at it. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You just throw money at it. Um, thank goodness we um, get um, a lottery, um, the casino money, yeah. out of that um, every f- three, four years. So thank goodness for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's just absorbs lots and lots of money and, and burn out with volunteers and, yeah, um, yeah. Um, the biggest fun part, though, is the tours, and, and that's my job. I'm the tour guide. I'm chief tour guide, and I can do up an hour or less or more. I can do two hours if you've got the time. <laughs> um, we walk through the building, the new part and the old part, and in the old part, um, we have um, three rooms that you can really go into, and then on the big scale area, we have a wagon 
um, that was a chuck wagon, and it um, is, I think, a chuck wagon converted to a school bus. The school bus then tells us that um, it was used for Pony Express from Fort McLeod to Calgary, and of course all the little towns that was in between. Um, then we move into the immigrant, immigrant, the pioneer family farm, how they became into the Homesteading Act. Right. Then we have a wheat mill that is um, not native to this country, but native to maybe Ontario or Quebec, mm -hmm. so that it would have been maybe a water wheel or a steam right. engine. Or So um, we have artifacts that are Gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. That. It's yeah. definitely worth uh, checking out for sure. Diane, thank you so much for giving us a little bit of insight. I could go on for hours, but me too. Uh, thank you. It's very a, much it's for a, it's great to be able to put you guys in the spotlight here. Diane Wilson, the chair of volunteers at the Nanton Grain Elevator Discovery Center. Check it out if you're ever going through town here. Wanted to get one more conversation into the mix before we end the show here in Nanton with a young man who's been sitting around. He was just kind of curious. He was on his way home and thought he'd stop by. Hey, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Thank you very much. Yeah, now, you, you're a hard, long-time listener of the radio station, one. You, you've, so clearly you have a few opinions on politics or at least some thoughts on politics. I am curious on that note is... What do you think of the, the, the back and forths and the conversations and the tone of the race to this point? I actually haven't really been paying a lot of attention to the latest one, but I don't know. It's politics, you know? It's always kind of back and forth, and every party's like, this is what we are, and, you know, this is, we're better than this party for this reason, and I don't know, politics is kind of a funny thing, you know? I was talking to a gentleman earlier, and I have, through my own views, I have agree with a piece of this party and a piece of that party and i mean it'd be great if you could vote for certain po policies i guess rather, rather than, than the party the party but <laughs> you know you you try and look at the different parties and what they got and who aligns as close as possible to yours and that's what you go with and kind of hope for the best absolutely you're give us a little bit of background on where you've come from you've you've been all over this province haven't you oh yeah i was uh born in calgary spent the first six years there and i've just kind of moved around i've been in high river okotoks nanton um i prefer the small town for sure it's that community feeling you know mm -hmm. that uh we were talking about earlier um it's great. I love the small town. Yeah, no, it's one of those things. Hey, thanks for stopping by. Thanks for having a visit with us. Very much appreciated. Thank you kindly. Thank you. All right. As we approach the end of the show, I did want to uh, highlight something that the Calgary, uh, the Nanton Chamber actually sent us a little note. Uh, Pam Waddell saying that they had a few issues that they wanted to point out, and which really kind of gives you a little bit of a snapshot into issues outside city limits. And it's really fascinating that way is, things that we take for granted sometimes we talked about water earlier on in the show but how about high-speed internet now we, we might not think of that as being that big of an idea but think about it this way if you're a small business in small town alberta trying to make a name for yourself you've got to go into this world economy how do you get into this world economy when you don't have something that we in the big city kind of again take for granted a little bit so one of those kinds of things or even beyond that is access to online 
education. School modernization, as the mayor pointed out as well, access to health and mental health addiction uh, services as well being a top priority. Their medical center in desperate need of an expansion. And they've all obviously been talking as we chatted with the mayor earlier on in the day about uh, the needs for upgrades at both the high school and at the seniors home here. So uh, again, these are community galvanizing projects that need to be addressed. And hopefully that is something that as we continue down our journey uh, during this election campaign is that everybody gets to say their two cents, whether you're from Medicine Hat or Brooks or Pincher Creek or Ardrossan, uh, all these small communities have uh, a stake in the game and it's not just the big cities. And so it's, it's great to be able to, uh, to highlight one of them here today here in Nanton. Wanted to give a big uh, shout out to everybody who stopped by everybody who's come on the program to, uh, to say hi as well. I want a big, Pardon me. I want to give a big shout out as well to the Bomber Museum. They have been uh, phenomenal hosts here, uh, giving us all kinds of whether it's water or a place to stay, that kind of thing. Uh, their season begins April 27th. The salute to volunteers and season kickoff with the Cessna Crane debut. That's uh, going to be a fantastic one again. April 27th in the season. Uh, we'll go right through the end of September as well. So make sure if you're stopping between Lethbridge and Calgary that you make a stop here in Nanton and all the small communities. They really appreciate. Uh, and not only that, not only appreciate the business, but also just a nice hello. That's the best part of it is you get to meet some fantastic people like we did here in Nanton. This is Calgary Today on 770 CHQR. Just want to take a moment to thank you for taking the time to download and listen to the Calgary Today podcast. Don't forget to subscribe through Apple Podcasts, Google Play, TuneIn, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. We'll chat with you soon.